Good evening and welcome to the Heritage of Faith Conversations radio program sponsored by Heritage Baptist Church in New York City, a church that is committed to proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ in an atmosphere of love. Please join us this hour as Pastor Matthew Recker opens the Word of God and then brings others, including you, into the conversation. Tonight, we'll seek to have a dialogue that will glorify God and will show how the Bible is relevant to everyday life. Our desire is to lead people to salvation in Christ and encourage believers in their spiritual growth. Join us and build up your own heritage of faith. Nice to be with you tonight for another episode of the Heritage of Faith Conversations radio program hosted by Pastor Matthew Recker. We're coming to you live tonight from downtown New York City, and it's a beautiful summer evening, one of the last ones. My name is Micah, and I'm the ministry assistant at Heritage, and tonight we continue our series on the life of Joseph. If you want to join in on the conversation tonight, or if you'd like someone to pray with, we have a wonderful call screener standing by, and they would love to take your call at 929 333 3739. Pastor Matt, as summer is drawing to a close, have you had any favorite moments? Hard to imagine that summer, which just began, is almost over. I know. But that's the I way know. summer goes, right? Well, I had a lot of great moments this summer in the church with vacation Bible time, yeah. different ministries. I was able to see my children mm-hmm. and my grandchildren. Yeah. But I think the, the most interesting thing this summer for me is uh-huh. I got to see a, a bear walking down the street oh, in, wow. in Lake Tahoe, which I've never <laughs> seen before. I was just sitting there reading my Bible, and all of a sudden it said, bear sighting. Oh, wow. That was the neighbor, and there were there was a mama bear and three baby bears oh, that's so behind cool. her, and it, it, it that was pretty cool. So That's awesome. Yeah. Day what about you? Creation. Uh, you know, just last week I was able to go and drop my niece off at college. Okay. Yeah, so my that's sister's great. oldest daughter. She's starting school this week. She's having a great time, but I was able to drop her off. Well, we pray that that she does well in college. Well, Micah, we're excited about our program tonight, continuing our study in the life of Joseph as he was living in the powder keg of pressure. And mm. he's under quite a bit of pressure yeah. tonight as we're going to be in Genesis 39. And we're so excited that this evening we have with us, returning to the Heritage of Faith, Conversations, Jeannie Thompson. Jeannie, how are you doing? I'm doing good. And how's your artwork doing? It's doing pretty well. Good. Some paintings. You sold some paintings. <laughs> that that is a blessing and an answer to prayer. I know. Yes. And Jeannie, you're a fabulous art. What kind of art? How would you describe it again? Oh, I'm an abstract oil painter. Okay, abstract oil that painter. That leaves it pretty open, but <laughs> yeah, you have to see it. She's very talented, folks. Yes, she is. And we have with us another talented sister in the Lord tonight for the first time on our Heritage Faith Conversation program, Annika Lombardi. So, Annika, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Yeah, of course. Happy to be here. Okay. And we should give a shout out to your husband, Rob. <laughs> of course. Yeah. <laughs> and and uh, so, Annika, tell us a little bit about yourself and where you were raised and how did you come to this part of the world over here in New York City? Sure. So um, I've lived a lot of places. I was born and raised in Northern California, Sacramento to be exact. Um, Moved to Philadelphia for college where I met my husband, Rob. Hmm. Uh, Fast forward a few years, we moved to London. And then about five and a half years ago, we moved back Hmm. to New York for work. And that's how we ended up here and at Heritage Baptist. Hmm. Yeah, Great. Well, you and Rob are a blessing. And you're both athletes, right? Rob played college football. Yep. And you pl- you played what? I was a fencer. You were a sword f- fighting. Oh, yeah, so cool. a fencer. Okay, <laughs> so we have to be very kind to you here. Uh, and so, uh, well, th- that is great. How'd you do in fencing? Um, pretty good. I was all American. I was wow. on the U.S. team in high school. So, um, unfortunately, it's kind of a hard sport to 
keep doing once mm. you're an adult. You can't really carry your swords There's no around. Urban League. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's very interesting, Annika. And again, we welcome you tonight. And so tonight we're going to read the whole chapter of Genesis chapter 39. And our theme on this chapter is that the Lord was with Joseph. And you'll hear those verses, especially in, in verse 2, 21 and 23. The emphasis of those verses is that the Lord was with Joseph. So we're just taking that theme repeated three times in this chapter as the main theme of this chapter. The Lord was with Joseph. So let's begin tonight, and we will ask Sister Jeannie if you could start us off in our reading. And Joseph was brought down to Egypt, and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, an Egyptian, bought him off the hands of Ish, of the of the Ishmaelites which had brought him down thither and the Lord was with Joseph and he was a prosperous man and he was in the house of his master the Egyptian and his master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord made all that he did to prosper in his hand and Joseph found grace in his sight and he served him and he made him overseer over his house and all that he had he put into his hand and it came to pass from the from the time that he had made him overseer in his house and over all that he had that the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake and the blessing of the Lord was upon all that he had in the house and in the field and he left all that he had in Joseph's hand and he knew not aught he had save the bread which he did eat and Joseph was a goodly person and well favored And it came to pass after these things that his master's wife cast her eye upon Joseph, and she said, Lie with me. But he refused and said unto his master's wife, Behold, my master wotteth not what is with me in the house, and he hath committed all that he hath to my hand. There is none greater in this house than I. Neither hath he kept back anything from me but thee, because thou art his wife. How then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? And it came to pass, as she spake to Joseph day by day, that he hearkened not unto her, to lie by her, or to be with her. And it came to pass about this time, that Joseph went into the house to do his business, and there was none of the men of the house there within. And she caught him by his garment, saying, Lie with me. And he left his garment in her hand and fled, and got him out. And it came to pass, when she saw that he had left his garment in her hand, and was fled forth, that she called unto the men of her house, and spake unto them, saying, See, he hath brought in a Hebrew unto us, to mock us. He came in unto me to lie with me, and I cried with a loud voice. And it came to pass, when he heard that I lifted up my voice and cried, that he left his garment with me, and fled, and got him out. And she laid up his garment by her, until his Lord came home. And she spake unto him according to these words, saying, The Hebrew servant, which thou hast brought unto us, came in unto me to mock me. And it came to pass, as I lifted up my voice and cried, that he left his garment with me and fled out. And it came to pass, when his master heard the words of his wife, which she spake unto him, saying, After this manner did thy servant to me, that his wrath was kindled. And Joseph's master took him and put him into the prison, a place where the king's prisoners were bound. And he was there in the prison. But... The Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy and gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. 
And the keeper of the prison committed to Joseph's hand all the prisoners that were in the prison. And whatsoever they did there, he was the doer of it. And the keeper of the prison looked not to anything that was under his hand, because the Lord was with him. And that which he did, the Lord made it to prosper. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you for another opportunity to speak your word and have a conversation about it over the airwaves, Lord. And we just pray, Lord, as this story of Joseph has been an encouragement to people for 3,000 years, Lord, we just pray that it will be an encouragement tonight, Lord, an encouragement to us and those listening. So bless us tonight, and it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So 8 billion people, almost 8 billion people in the world, Mm. and God can actually keep his eyes on the little people like you and me, sometimes we might think the Lord is so busy, he doesn't really see what, what's going on in our life. Yeah. And sometimes we feel that way, too. Mm-hmm. Like, where is God? Isn't, is he really watching me? Is, or is he millions of miles away somewhere? And I believe all of us have been in situations like Joseph was in this chapter, where you must have to question, Lord, what is going on? Why are you allowing lies to be spoken against me, Mm. to be thrown into jail, to be tempted in this constant way, like, Lord, where are you? I need you. But through it all, in this chapter, it says at least three times, maybe even a fourth, that the Lord was with Joseph and he prospered him Mm -hmm. wherever he was. So the question as we begin tonight, and, and and also for our listener, have you ever felt that God was millions of miles away from you? Have you ever felt, if God is with me, why is this happening? So have you guys ever felt that in your lives? Uh, Micah, what do you think? Is that a, That's a common feeling or emotion that we sometimes think. Yeah, I, uh, I think of a time in 2007, and it actually ties into the story of Joseph a little bit, because it was the first time I read through the story of Joseph as an adult. So I was in Milan, Italy. I was working for a fashion magazine. It was a great job. We were going to the fashion shows. You know, yeah. it was exciting to sit at the Prada and the Gucci and the Armani fashion shows. But the problem was my coworkers were just awful people. I'll be honest. <laughs> they were awful. So I actually dreaded every six months going to these shows in Europe, even though it was something yeah. that I loved doing. And there was a situation. That's like high-scale type fashion yeah. stuff, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So we there was a fashion show where there were two fashion shows at the same time. We had to kind of like divide and conquer and I basically got left on the outskirts of Milan for hours on end, and I kept calling my coworkers, and nobody was answering the phone. I found out later that they were actually going on a drug deal, and so they had taken the driver that was assigned to us, and they were going to buy drugs to mm-hmm. do at the party that night, but I didn't know this, and it was on top of just being mistreated in general for days on end. So I remember I was in my hotel room that night, and I was just so upset, and I called my parents, and I was talking to my mom on the phone, and I just really felt like jumping on a plane and coming home. And she said, Micah, why don't you read the story of Joseph in Genesis? Mm-hmm. And uh, thankfully, there was a Gideon Bible <laughs> there in the wow. hotel room. Yeah. And it just gave me, a, it reset my perspective. You know, maybe God was doing something in my life, my mom said, um, that I couldn't see at that moment. And it really did help in the mm-hmm. moment. Mm-hmm. Praise God for a godly mom. And she directed you to a very practical story from yeah. God's word that where the Lord could speak to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sister Jeannie, have you ever experienced something like that? Oh, yes. Um, I think if you're a Christian for very long, you do experience <laughs> these things. So yeah. I have a lot of stories, but one comes to mind. Um, a while back, I had a job as a nanny for a little boy that I dearly loved. And the family, like, really loved me, kind of put me on a pedestal even. And um, 
so there was another babysitter that would um, occasionally take my place. Mm-hmm. Um, and she told me, she says, you have the ideal job. I'm going to steal it from you. And I thought, that's very funny. And um, <laughs> so after, I think it was like four years, I'd taken care of this boy, so I was pretty bonded. And um, the, my boss had, had said, well, you know, so-and-so, told, uh, the babysitter had said these things about you and, like, you do this or that. And I said, I don't do that. That's mm-hmm. She's mm-hmm. lying. And she says, well, um, we're going to have to let you go. And I'm just, like, in shock. And, uh, you know, I thought, well, I should defend myself or something. Well, I did say, you know, can we talk about this? She says, no, we made uh, up our mind. Hmm. And so I was just like, Lord, what are you doing? Mm -hmm, And so she she got my job. And this little boy, you know, I mean, I just cried for so long. Um, But the thing was... So so I didn't defend myself and um, turned to the Lord. And um, about a year later, I got a job. And it was a really good job. And they were French. And it turned out that I got to go to Paris three times because <laughs> they moved back to Paris and invited me. And I'm still in touch with them. And we send pictures. And wow. So yeah. it turned out to be a beautiful experience. Yeah, so, so God worked it out for good? He worked it out for good. Yeah. That's beautiful, and, and really, that's what we have to do when it, it seems like we wonder, where is God, and why is he allowing a particular thing to happen, and he seems far away. We have to still believe him, mm-hmm. and we must still follow him, and we must still love him, mm. no matter what is going on in our life. And and we know that all things do work together for good to them that love the Lord and mm-hmm. to those who are the called according to his purpose. So the Lord was with Joseph, dear friends. And again, let's just underscore these beautiful verses in Genesis chapter 39 and verse 2 where it says the Lord was with Joseph and he was a prosperous man. And maybe you're going through something something right now and you're wondering why, God, where are you? Mm-hmm. What is happening? And if we can pray with you and encourage you through this time that God will work it together for good in your life, please give us a call right now at 929-333-3739. We have some great call screeners here tonight. My wife is one of them. And she loves the Lord. She has wisdom in the Word, as well as Sister Esther is also here tonight to take your calls at 929-333-3739. We'd love to encourage you. Maybe you're going through a difficult time. We want to share God's promises with you. The Lord was with Joseph. And I love verse 3 where it says, The master saw that the Lord was with him. Isn't it great when other people see God mm, is with us? Yeah, Not amazing. only that he's with us, but other other people should see that the Lord is with us too. Yeah. In those, and, and that he felt the blessing of being around Joseph, yeah. having Joseph in his house. That's he cool. he was yeah. blessed for it, too, mm-hmm. you know? So he felt that blessing. And then at the end, even at, through everything Joseph went through, it says, but the Lord was with Joseph, and that's in verse 21. And the chapter ends, it says, the Lord was with him, and that which he did, the Lord made it to prosper. And And so, dear friends, that's what God can do, and that's who God is. Let us hear from you tonight at 929 929- Three 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 seven three nine. Or if you want to join the conversation, please call us right now. So let's look at the life of Joseph, how the Lord was with him, and we'll we'll look at it in three parts. First, he went through a period of uncertain transition, mm-hmm. 
And then he went through a period of unceasing temptation, and that's the temptation to commit sin with Potiphar's wife. Mm -hmm. And then third, there was undeserved trials when he was thrown into prison. So first of all, we see this transition that he was in. What an amazing time that this would be for any young man. Tremendous uncertainty Mm -hmm. in his life. I mean feeling so powerless, uh-huh. an immigrant in a strange land, yeah. a slave, abused by his brothers. I mean, how would you identify yourself if you had gone through everything Joseph went through? So, Jeannie, at this moment of great uncertainty for Joseph, it seemed like everything was just against him, right? Mm-hmm. So what are his circumstances, and what did Joseph need, and what do all of us need in that way, to be prosperous? As it says, the Lord was with him, prospered him even in those circumstances. So how did God bless Joseph through all of that? Well, <clears throat> I mean, just um, in his situation, he would have been very fearful naturally, um, probably couldn't speak the language. He was mm. in Egypt and yeah. he was in a different culture. He was Hebrew and this was Egypt, worldly place. So, yeah. um, But it does say the Lord was with him and that's ultimately what he needed. So that um, he did prosper him because um, Potiphar saw that he there was something special about him. And yeah. he, he even saw that it was his God that was mm-hmm. making him special. So he put him in charge of everything. Yeah. yeah, amazing. Micah? Yeah, I just think of when I moved to New York, I was 18 years old. I was going to college, and everything was there for me. I had immediate friends. I had housing. I had the food situation. I had school. I could call my parents, you know, if I was lonely. And Joseph had none of that. He had no money, no earthly possessions, no family or friends. And as soon as he arrived, he was sold into slavery a second time. Um, so this once favored son, he had lost everything. And from an earthly perspective, he would have had every excuse to give up, but Joseph didn't give up. He already knew God, and even at 17 years old, he knew that God was with him. So Joseph didn't necessarily know the details, but he believed that God was orchestrating the events of his life, and he remembers those dreams that he had, that he had told his brothers and told his father. And even as Joseph lands in Potiphar's household and then in prison at the end of the chapter, God is slowly moving Joseph closer and closer to the king of Egypt, actually. So Joseph didn't know that, but he trusted God. Right. So transitions are hard. Mm -hmm. Going through change is difficult. And can you imagine going through the change from your father's house and now being hundreds of miles away, abandoned, abused, enslaved, an immigrant, and dear friends, yet the Lord was with him. And I guess the question really that we all really have to ask ourselves in times like that is, is God enough? Mm. Is he really enough for me to hold on to and know that everything is going to work out Mm -hmm. ultimately in the end and that he has a plan and he has a purpose because God does have a plan Mm -hmm. and a purpose even when it seems like where is he? So that's what we have to continue uh, to believe through those times for sure. So it's such an encouragement to see how God blessed Joseph 
and those around him. So here he was, as we said, you know, a slave in this land, and God put him in Potiphar's house, and yet Potiphar put him in charge of everything. And, mm-hmm. and I like that. You know, Potiphar didn't know about anything in his house. The only thing he knew about was that good food sitting in front of him. You know, there was, <laughs> there was good food on his, on his plate, you yeah. know, so he's like, that's all I care about, yeah. you know. It seemed like that's all, all that he knew about in his house. Everything was so well taken care of by mm-hmm. Joseph. But how have you felt blessed of the Lord? in a season of transition in your life where you wonder what's happening here. So, uh, Annika, if we could start with you on this, um, you know, it's an encouragement, isn't it? To know that God blessed Joseph and how have you felt blessed of the Lord in your life as you've gone through, like you said, you've lived in a lot of places. So you've lived through transitions. Yeah. Lots of transitions. Um, so a couple of things come to mind. Um, first is I think some of, you know, I'm the oldest of nine kids. Mm-hmm. So even when, mm-hmm. um, you know, I moved around or didn't have any, like, new friends where I was living. I felt like I always had a really good support network through my siblings. Hmm. Um, you know, so I, once I said to Rob, I was like, you know, I don't, I don't feel like I have any friends. And he's like, what do you mean? You have five sisters and <laughs> yeah. you talk to them all the time. <laughs> so it made me realize I always had a built-in friend group, which was really great. Yeah. And then I think the other thing is I, I feel really fortunate to have met my husband when I was 18. Hmm. And we've done a lot of these moves together. So there's always kind of that you know, yeah. obviously God was there through it, but there was also, you know, another person I could, you know, depend on during those yeah. times of transition. Yeah. Amen. So you, in a way, you know, the Lord is with you, but your husband's been with you. Your your family's there with you. You're, you have good friends and your mm-hmm. sisters and things like that. That That's beautiful. Uh, Jeannie, how about you? How do you feel blessed of the Lord in your life? Well, I moved here. Um, I moved to New York from Colorado um, after divorce and um, just a lot of uh, not so pleasant things that happened, and so I came here. I was 48 and um, starting a new life at 48, and you know the adjustment to New York is is difficult. And um, but thankfully I found Heritage Baptist Church within a year. And that has made all the difference for me. So it's been 20 years, I think, I've been coming. I think so. Wow. So I'm blessed with the friendships and um, teaching and preaching. Well, we're blessed with your fellowship as well, Jeannie. And we invite others to come to our church. Jeannie, you've liked it for 20 years. You haven't left, so that's good. (laughs) Maybe there's others who are out there looking for a church. We'd love to have you visit with us at Heritage Baptist Church on Sunday. We meet at 490 Hudson Street. We have a wonderful Bible study hour at 10 a.m. My wife teaches the ladies. Our pa- Pastor Carmine teaches the adult men right now. My, and, and Carmine and, and Sister Hillary teach our city youth class, and we have other classes for the children at 10 a.m. You may come. 11 a.m. is our morning service, and we've been preaching through Proverbs lately, Mm -hmm. which to me is a very, very challenging book Mm -hmm. and a lot of encouragement and wisdom. This is God's handbook of wisdom. So come and visit with us at Heritage Baptist Church on Sunday, and we would love to have you. Thank you, Jeannie, for giving that little plug there. Uh, Micah? Yeah. uh, You know, when I think back to that story I was talking about earlier where I was in Italy, um, you know, at the time I was working for the leading publisher of fashion magazines, and I really feel like God gave me what I wanted. Um, I was traveling the world. I was working on creative projects, but I wasn't happy. And I believe that God orchestrated that to show me that a career could never fulfill me. So all these years later, my life doesn't look anything like I ever expected, and yet I feel fulfilled. 
you know, I still get to do photo shoots every once in a while, but I also work with my family. I help my dad with his business. And most importantly, my job allows me time for ministry work. So I mm. feel totally blessed right now. Yeah, amen. And the Lord has blessed all of us, hasn't he? And yeah. and I feel so blessed of the Lord. We've been in the city since 1984 and transitioned from life on the road, raising support, coming to New York with nothing. and and seeing a church started, and then the Lord led us out of that church to, to start another church. And I was kind of scary, but then we started our second church and felt so blessed of the Lord. That church is Parkway Baptist Church in Rosedale. We started City View Baptist Church in Queens, and then we started Heritage. Mm. And, you know, talk about transitions. We've, we've been kicked out of multiple places, you know. <laughs> like, I remember one day I'm driving home. I was actually speaking, uh, coming home from the radio that, that Wednesday afternoon, and and Debbie got on the phone. She says, I have good news and bad news. I said, well, give me the bad news first. She says, we don't have anywhere to meet this Sunday. <laughs> and it was Wednesday. Oh, no. And I said, well, what's the good news? She said, the Lord's going to find us a place. <laughs> so, and, and he did. The Lord blessed us. And, and on and on I could go. But God is good. That's and awesome. he, he does bless us through times of uncertain transition. The Lord was with Joseph not only in those times of uncertain transition, but he was with Joseph in times of unceasing temptation. This is really a central part in this chapter as Joseph is tempted by Potiphar's wife. And we're going to look at specific principles regarding temptation and then principles on how to resist temptation. Mm. And this is going to be a great conversation. But first, we're going to go to a song <laughs> and play a beautiful song. And I know this song is going to be a real blessing and challenge. The song is entitled, God is the Strength of My Heart. Because when we go through times of transition, when we go through times of temptation, we need the Lord as the strength of our heart. So dear friend, here's a beautiful song. I know you're going to enjoy it. You may call us as well. The phone lines are open if you need prayer. While you hear the song, call us at 929-333-3739. Again, that's 333-3739. 929-333-3739. wicked one may prosper, but only for a time. The prideful one may flourish and make us wonder why. Yet there is a source of comfort, and our defense is sure. Though our spirit fails, God will prevail. With a love that's strong and pure God is the strength of my heart God is the strength of my heart Temptations and trials may come in my life He is the strength of my heart People around me may wonder about me My faith will not be torn apart in Him I am grounded, all evil confounded, for God is the strength of my heart. Sometimes I tend to wander and often lose my way. I'll wish I had possessions I see most every day. And then I will remember and lift my voice to sing 
As I lift my eyes and realize I'm a child of heaven's King. God is the strength of my heart. God is the strength of my heart. Temptations and trials may come in my life. He is the strength of my heart. People around me may wonder about me. My faith will not be torn apart. In Him I am grounded, all evil confounded. For God is the strength of my heart. God is the strength of my heart. God is the strength of my heart. We need a strength, dear friends, to fight the temptation. And that's what we're going to talk about right now because all of us know what temptation is. And all of us, because we're sinners, have fallen to the temptations of Satan as well. We've smelled the bait and we've taken the bite, haven't we? So from the life of Joseph, though, we can learn powerful principles regarding temptation. And so let's look at some of what Joseph endured so we can see principles regarding temptation. So let's talk about some of them, uh, Micah. And then we'll, we'll take a phone call in, in a moment. Okay. But let's, let's, let's first talk about these principles of temptation and, and see what are some of the principles we learn from this Joseph story. Yeah, well, the first principle that I see is that temptation may come in the midst of God's blessing. So at this point in the story, some time had passed, and the sting of slavery had actually given way to some success for Joseph. Verse 5 says that the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake, and the blessing of the Lord was upon all that he had in the house and in the field. So if we didn't know the rest of the story, we may wonder whether Joseph, like King David after him, would fall into temptation because he's successful, he's comfortable, and things are going well. But thankfully, no, in Joseph's case, he doesn't get puffed up with pride. He remains humble and recognizes that all his success and prosperity, it comes from God. And so he's able to resist the temptation. Yeah, so in other words, temptation is not because God is displeased with you. Right. It's not because God is chastening you in any way. Oh, I'm going to mm. tempt this person. Yeah. Sometimes temptation, well, temptation happens because we're human beings. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're, and there's a devil in this world, yeah. and there's a world as well that, that is very tempting. And so the world, the flesh, and the devil all do stir up temptations in, in our own hearts, and we have to be aware of that. And temptation is not a result of, of God's judgment or ch chastisement uh, upon us in any way. In, in fact, chastisement may come when, we're, when we are prospering. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's often been said that, for every 100 people who can deal with adversity, only a few can handle prosperity. Hmm. But Joseph could handle both. Hmm. Very powerful young man yeah. he was. So what's another temptation that we may learn from this Joseph story, Annika? So, yeah, I think one thing that stood out to me is that temptation can come suddenly and aggressively. And I think, you know, especially for Christians, we may know areas that we're tempted in and we can take steps to avoid those situations. Mm -hmm. But Joseph didn't really have that luxury here. You know, he was working in this house where this woman was every day and she yeah. was um, not subtle in her <laughs> advances, you know, saying lie with me. So, you know, we can, you know, do everything we can to avoid areas of, of temptation, but we still may have to, you know, confront it and refuse. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So temptation is very powerful. 
Okay, Jeannie, what, what is another tempta- temptation principle here from the story of Joseph? Well, just because you um, don't take the bait at the first um, approach, it doesn't mean that it won't come back. So in uh, Joseph's case, Potiphar's wife, um, you know, after he refused, um, she still tried, and it says that um, day by day she was mm-hmm. she was approaching him. So, you know, I was thinking about the temptation of Christ, how um, the devil came three times to yeah. Jesus. Right. And yeah. after, you know, I mean, he, he responded with the... With the scripture, and so resisting temptation once may not be enough because that temptation can come back, and sometimes it can become even stronger because day by day, as you brought out that phrase, it's a very significant phrase in verse ten. The temptation came to Joseph, and then even stronger, she caught him by the garment. She literally now physically was trying to engage with him. And for a young man, that was, I'm sure, very difficult. Mm. I was reading about temptation, and I came across a quote by Dietrich Bonhoeffer. Mm -hmm. And it's a very powerful statement that he said, and I want to read that. And this is what Dietrich Bonhoeffer said about temptation. He said, In our members, there is a slumbering inclination towards desire, which is both sudden and fierce. With irresistible power, desire seizes mastery over the flesh. All at once, a secret smoldering fire is kindled. The flesh burns and is in flames. It makes no difference whether it is sexual desire, ambition, or vanity, or desire for revenge, or love of fame and power, or greed for money. Finally, that strange desire for the beauty of the world, or of nature. And then he says, joy in God, in, in course of all this, is being extinguished in us, and we seek our joy in the creature. At this moment, God is quite unreal to us. He loses all reality. And the only desire for the, only the, desire for the creature is real. And the only reality is the devil. Mm. And Satan does not here fill us with hatred of God, but with forgetfulness of God. Mm. As the lust aroused envelopes our mind, and the will of man sinks in deep darkness. And that, that spoke to my heart when I read that, because often we do fall into sin and temptation or temptation and then sin not because we hate god but because we just simply forget him mm. at that moment mm-hmm. that the, that the, the thing that's most real at that moment is the satisfaction of the flesh yeah. and and it's more real to us than god mm-hmm. and that's that's a tragic thought to think about mm-hmm. so let god be ever real to you dear friends so maybe if you've going been going through deep temptations Give us a call right now at 929-333-3739. Maybe you've been going through temptation day after day. Maybe it's becoming more powerful. Maybe you've been resisting, but you're getting weak. And you just want somebody to pray with you and encourage you. That's why we're here, right? 929-333-3739. So we do have a phone call from our dear brother, Jamie. Thank you for calling, Jamie. And you're on the Heritage of Faith Conversations. Hey, how you doing, Pastor? Okay, Jamie, how you doing? Okay, okay, I'm a little, little uh, under the weather, but you know, I'm getting better day by day. Um, I, I was just saying, like, um, 
it reminds me a little bit, Joseph, with his brothers, with uh, their jealousy towards him from, you know, their father, and Cain, Cain's jealousy towards uh, Abel, mm. you know, the offering. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, and uh, right, and Cain says, uh, "Among my brother's keeper, you know, wh- wh- where's your brother? Among my brother's like, like God don't know where, where, where Abel is, you know? <laughs> I mean, God knows that uh, Cain's going to do this before Cain was even around. So, yeah, I thought that was kind of strange for Cain to say that to God, right? Anyway, I'm just thinking that with uh, Joseph and his brothers, if they hadn't put him in the well, put Joseph in that deep hole, right, then they would all starve to death. Hmm. In no. other words, throwing him in that pit was the pathway for Joseph to become ultimately the prime minister of Egypt and to save them. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yep. I mean, I, I, that was the I path. I mean, I mean it, was, it's not the path we would have chosen, do. right? I'm sorry. Yeah. Go, go ahead. Yeah. No, I'm just saying, you know, I don't think that's a nice thing what they did, but, you know, they didn't know that Joseph was going to save their lives in the long run if they yeah. hadn't done that. But I'm just saying that's a little, little weird, right? And that's where Psalm 76.10 comes into play, where it says that God can make the wrath of man to praise him, and the remainder of that wrath he will restrain. In other words, if, if something can, can happen that would not result in the praise to God. He won't let it happen. Hmm. But God can turn the wrath of man around to bring praise to God. And so that's what God did with Joseph's brothers. Joseph was great, though, yeah. Yeah. No clones, he was was a godly man, no doubt about that. Absolutely, yeah. 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 Okay, Jamie, well, thank you. Can I just quickly say something about um, uh, Paul? Absolutely. Paul? All right, I got this friend who really does not like um, the Apostle Paul, right? There's no, no problem with the rest of the Bible, but the Apostle Paul. I'm really going to have a qualm what to, what to say to her about this, but, you know, I was trying to think that, you know, God's Word is uh, God-breathed, God-inspired, right? Mm-hmm. And if there's one lie, if there's one lie in the Bible, as far as I'm concerned, then the whole Bible's a lie. Yep, you're you're exactly right. I would just share with her the word of Paul, <laughs> which is the word of God, when Paul said all Scripture, all Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable. And, you know, quote to her what Peter, ask, ask her if she likes Peter. Okay, that's what you do. Say, do you like Peter? Okay, then go to Second Peter chapter 3 and say, Peter called Paul our beloved brother. And he wrote the Word of God. And he wrote things that are hard to... Some of Paul's things are hard to be understood, but Peter liked Paul. How's that? Yeah. Amen. Amen. Okay, Jamie. Hey, God bless you. That's a good question. Okay. Okay, so let's continue to talk about the temptation and how did Joseph resist this temptation. And we see, again, some principles here. We can even call them Joseph principles. Hmm. But what are some of the principles that we can learn from Joseph's life to stand up and resist the temptation? And so let's, uh, we'll again start with you, Micah, if we could. Sure. Uh, one reason that Joseph was able to resist the temptation with Potiphar's wife was because he considered an affair with her to be a wickedness against Potiphar. So in essence... Joseph says, Potiphar has given me everything, but you, you're his wife. You're the one thing in the house that is reserved only for him. So a a lesser man might have justified the affair saying, wait a minute, I'm the victim here. I'm the one who's 
dealt with just uh, injustice, you know, and he, but he doesn't do that. He's thankfully Joseph saw that both Potiphar and his wife were, you know, eternal souls um, made in the image of God. Yeah, absolutely. He had a deep respect for man mm-hmm. as in, uh, he saw that all men were image bearers of God. Yeah. And uh, Annika, what's another principle here that we could glean from Joseph? So just like Joseph um, respected his fellow man enough not not to fall into temptation, he also had a lot of respect for the bond of marriage. Um, and I think in this case, obviously it's a bond of marriage, but I think in a broader sense it really means having respect for anything God has created as well as God's rules. Mm-hmm. You see, um, you know, mm-hmm. one of the first things he responded to Potiphar's wife was, is you are his wife. So he really recognized the importance of the marriage bond, which is something that God put together. And I think you can use this um, example for things like, um, you know, murder or hatred. Mm-hmm. Like God has, you know, yeah. given us laws and rules, and we have to respect them even when it may be tempting to, to go against them. Mm-hmm. That's right. And, and so... In Joseph's situation, obviously he had a respect and regard for the marriage bond, is what you're saying, and that was according to God's holy standard. God established the uh, the, the institution of marriage, and we need to respect that. But then we also need to respect other men when it comes to stealing or mm-hmm. lying or not murdering them and things of that nature, which obviously today there is a tremendous disregard for the Word of God. Mm-hmm. And even as Jamie just asked a really a, quite an important question, it's like, can I pick and choose what parts of the Bible yeah. mm-hmm. that I want to obey? Mm-hmm. And if it's convenient, I'll obey it. But if it's not convenient, I'm not so, so sure I want to obey it. Mm-hmm. But we must submit ourselves mm-hmm. to God's Word. And that, mean, that means all of it. So, uh, Jeannie, what's another principle here, would you say, regarding Joseph's overcoming temptation well that he put god first and um as he says um in verse nine um how can i do this great wickedness and sin against god so it was more important for him to please god Mm. than to give in to a temptation and i think you know where it says god was with joseph i mean that's i mean joseph received that you know Mm. because god's kind of always with everyone right Absolutely, absolutely. So, dear friends, if you you can jot these down, I'm going to give you these four Joseph principles of overcoming temptation. One is he respected his fellow image bearers. There's our words. He mm. respected. Mm-hmm. Two, he regarded the marriage bond, or you can even say he regarded the word of God, on in general. And number three, he recognized God's presence. He knew that all sin was against God. He says, how then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? And number four, he reasoned biblically. He reasoned biblically. So he respected his fellow image bearers. He regarded the marriage bond. He recognized God's presence, and he reasoned biblically. He called sin what it was, a great wickedness. And that will keep us out of falling into temptation. Hmm. C.S. Lewis I believe he said this in Mere Christianity. And he said that chastity or moral purity, talking about more our moral purity, mm-hmm. God's standard of moral purity, is the most unpopular 
of Christian virtues. Wow. And that couldn't be more than today. I mean, today that would be so obvious. I mean, people have even said to me, I would be a Christian, but I can't live according to these moral standards. Yeah. And I've read even evolutionists who says their problem with the Bible isn't really creation. It's God's moral laws that they don't want to submit to. Mm -hmm. And so really, there are moral reasons that people don't want to follow Jesus. And I would just say to anyone, because we have the same flesh that anybody else had. We have the same flesh that Joseph had. Mm -hmm. And it's not easy to overcome sexual temptation, Mm -hmm. sin in this regard. Mm -hmm. And we understand it's hard. But, dear friends, we have to understand this. God knows what's best for us. And God is not, God does not tell us to do anything that is not good for us. Yeah. His moral positions, his moral commands are for our good. Yeah. They're for our safety. Mm-hmm. They're, they're for us to love our neighbor to the best of our ability. Because if I commit adultery against my wife, I might say, oh, but I don't love my wife anymore. I love this woman. I don't love that woman. No. I am being selfish, and I'm hating my wife if Mm -hmm. I commit adultery. Mm -hmm. So there's nothing about love, yet people reason that way. So we have to reason biblically. Mm -hmm. So I need to love my neighbor through everything, and that means that I obey God. Mm -hmm. And that's why we need His Holy Spirit, because we don't have the strength (laughs) in ourselves to live according to God's holy commands. We don't. We can't do it. That's why... He gives us his Holy Spirit, right? Mm -hmm. I I was just telling somebody, I think it was yesterday or maybe earlier this weekend, I was saying that, you know, the Bible's a lot more than just a handbook for life, but it certainly is a handbook for life. You know, if God created us, then it's like the owner's manual. So he gave us the parameters within which we're going to flourish. If we go outside those borders, you know, things are going to go badly. So, you know, again, it's not that that's all that the Bible is, but one aspect of the Bible is he created us and he knows what's best for us. Yes, he does. And so, dear friends, if you're struggling in this area of temptation, falling into sin, maybe sexual sin, maybe fornication, maybe adultery, maybe something worse, call us, let us pray with you, encourage you in the Lord, share scripture with you, start meditating on God's word, renew your mind, call upon the spirit. Call upon the name of Jesus. Plead the blood of Jesus Christ. Learn in prayer strategies for victory and recognize God's presence and reason biblically through that situation. That's what you need to do. Give us a call at 929-333-3739. Okay, so the third main point in this chapter that I see, not only did Joseph go through that season of uncertain transition coming into Egypt as an abused young man and a slave. And then number two, going through this unceasing, powerful temptation, overcoming it, but then faced with undeserved trial. He was falsely accused, he was slandered, and then he was thrown in jail. So, so Annika, of what is Joseph accused, and how would you process this if you were in Joseph's shoes and how should we how should how do we respond to slander and false accusations when 
I know people wouldn't ever say anything falsely about you, <laughs> but just in case they ever did, how would you process that? Yeah. So Joseph is actually accused of forcibly taking advantage of Potiphar's wife, which is a very you know serious mm-hmm. and terrible allegation. And yeah. we're not told how Joseph reacts, but you can imagine he's probably tempted to, you know, say stuff back about Potiphar's wife while your wife is awful. She did this to me. He could have, you know, been justified to try and run away or maybe try and fight back. There's a lot of ways he could have gone about it. Um, And I think if if I were in his shoes, I would just be heartbroken, devastated, you know, angry. There's there's so many emotions that would run through your, your mind. And I think, you know, especially as Christians, there's going to be seasons when you and your character, um, will have false allegations against them. And I think Mm -hmm. you'll be really disappointed. We were talking about this a bit earlier, how as a Christian, even just standing up for um, God's laws, Mm -hmm. um, people can label you as intolerant, Mm -hmm. as, you know, (laughs) racist, evil, you name it. Um, And I think we we definitely have to be prepared for that. Um, You know, I think of 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 23, which says we have to commit ourselves to God who judges righteously. Yeah, I love that verse. And, yeah. you know, ultimately God knows what we're going through, and he will work it, you know, for good in the end. So we just have to remind ourselves of that. Hmm. It doesn't seem like Joseph got due process here. No. <laughs> it doesn't seem like he he defended himself yeah. or even had an opportunity. Had an opportunity, yeah. And, and, you know, we have two wonderful sisters in the Lord, and obviously the last few years they, they call it the Me Too movement, and mm-hmm. women have to be believed. And yeah. listen, all accusations that come like this mm-hmm. need to be taken very, very seriously right. and need to be properly investigated. Yeah. Um, but this is, ladies, help me out here on this. I don't want to go too far out on a limb, <laughs> but obviously... Potiphar's wife was not to be believed in this situation. So how do you process this whole, I, I, we didn't actually think about, but, <laughs> but do you want to say anything about this? How do, you, how do we process this in a Christian perspective? A little spontaneous here. The, the Me Too movement. Can we say anything? Or Micah, did you want to say something? You know, my, when, a couple years ago when the Supreme Court was doing a hearing on a new justice, and this was the second justice where out of the blue, you know, a spotless oh, yeah. career, but out of the blue, a woman came and accused him. And I remember my sister, who's a woman, called me, and she said, you know, this has been going on since the beginning of time. Just look at Genesis 39. Um, and I just remember that really put it in perspective to me that, yes, I agree with you, Pastor. Every single accusation needs to be taken seriously. But this idea of we believe all women no, we don't do that. We still have due process in this country, thankfully. But as you said, Joseph had no due process. And I just think, you know, even though he lived before any of the Bible was written down, I think he understood the principle of Jesus's words in Matthew five, eleven, where it said, Blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute and sh- shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. So even though Joseph didn't have that scripture, I believe he understood the principle. I think we really need to take this, you know, there's obviously abuse women are often a victim of awful cr- sins against them and they need to be cared for and loved through those times mm-hmm. you know yeah um but we also have to give everyone a d- due process yeah and in our culture there's so much political as well you know so we, we won't necessarily go off into that but so genie mm. joseph resisted the temptation he was godly through it all, and what was his reward? <laughs> how did the God, how the Lord bless him through that? Did resisting temptation bring 
reward to Joseph? No, not immediately. He he went to prison. Yeah. But in the long run, he he did get rewarded because he became prime minister. Yeah. And I was also thinking that his time in jail, he was put in charge again of the jail. So he got to know that part of, uh, I mean, he was going to run a country. So yeah. yeah. He got to personally know that area. Joseph was like cream, right? He always rose to the top wherever he was. Yeah. I mean, he just was given authority, and he, he was, he, there was something about his life that demonstrated integrity. People trusted him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I also thought it was interesting how this is the second time already in Joseph's story where his garment was used for deception. So last week we yeah. talked about how his brothers had taken his coat of many colors, dipped it in a young goat's blood to deceive Jacob, their father, into believing that Joseph was devoured by a wild beast. So here we are this week, and Potiphar's wife grabbed Joseph's outer garment mm. when he fled, leaving the garment behind, and she used the garment as kind of an exhibit A, 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 a yeah. to deceive her husband into believing that Joseph had tried to take advantage of her. Yeah. Do, do you think that Potiphar's, uh, do you think Potiphar believed his wife or believed Joseph? Well, me and Jeannie were actually talking about this before the program, and I thought, you know, if if Potiphar was so powerful, he could have just killed Joseph, and yeah. some people believe he was the executioner of the king. Um, I think that he was probably on the fence a little bit. He probably knew his wife was up to no good, so instead of killing Joseph, you know, and he knew he was favored of God, I think he probably just put him in prison to just get it, get the situation under control. Yeah, yeah. Well, we just have a few minutes left in the program. And so as we see that Joseph was strong and did not sin, and yet many in our city have fallen into sins and committed crimes after being tempted, what can we say to those listening to us out there? I mean, maybe there's people in prison listening to us. I know there are people in prisons, or maybe there's others. Just you're, They're struggling. What would you say to someone who's being tempted right now, this minute, hmm. to commit some kind of, a sin that would destroy them or hurt those around them. What would you say to that person, uh, Annika? What, what, what counsel would you give to that individual? Yeah, I think ultimately the most important thing is just to go to God in prayer and you know confess your temptation, confess your sin, and ask for help. You know, He knows we as humans are are weak. He knows the areas that we're tempted in, and it's you know it's going to be very difficult to resist those temptations you know it just with human power but if we ask god for help he and the holy spirit can definitely you know help us get through to the other side yeah amen mm-hmm. amen micah yeah well, i would just say you really need to, th- need to think about that person as an eternal soul you know you, you don't think of them, them just mm-hmm. as flesh just as something that's exciting you need to think about they have an eternity and then there's often a domino effect with sexual sin where it affects somebody's spouse, somebody's kids, you know, on and on and on. So just think about their eternal. So your one decision in a a heated moment, you know, could lead to a domino effect of affecting people's eternity. Yeah. Jeannie, just got a couple seconds. Yes. I would just think like a lot of people that fall into sexual sin, it's because they're lonely, but then it separates you from God. Mm. So it actually goes against what you're trying to fulfill. Yeah. Mm. That's so good. Last word, Micah. Um, God redeems us. He is merciful. If you ask for forgiveness, he will forgive you. And dear friends, do not allow bitterness to destroy your soul because many people commit these kinds of sins are bitter. 
And that's what Joseph was not. Mm. If Joseph had bitterness toward his brothers, mm. we would have a different story mm. of Joseph. So cast your care on the Lord. He cares for you. Visit our church. Check us out online at hbcnyc.org. Good night. Thank you for being with us, Annika, Jeannie, Micah. God bless you guys. Thank you for tuning in to the Heritage of Faith Conversations radio program. To find out more about Heritage Baptist Church and our service times and locations, visit our website at hbcnyc.org. We stream multiple services online each week, including 11 a.m. Sunday mornings and 7.15 p.m. Wednesday nights. All are welcome, and you can find links.